Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another under-caffeinated episode of <laughs> Inspiration Point. I am Andrew. And I'm Adam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get pumped, y'all. Yeah. I I don't know about you, but like naps are very exciting to me now. I wish I could take them. I oh wish I could God. sleep that easily. I, I get tired. I get plenty tired, but I can't shut down. My uh, wife can sleep through absolutely anything and at any time. Mine's pretty good about that, too. Like, yeah. especially once she is asleep. Once she's asleep, it's dead. whatever. Yep. Although I can I, have all the lights on and I can watch TV and play video games and talk and it doesn't matter. That's that's incredible to me. I know. It's like a s- actual superpower. Yeah. It's really impressive. I can't hardly sleep unless all the lights are off. I've got like a noise machine. No one makes a peep otherwise. That's how I am. It has to be silent as the freaking grave. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I need one of those like, what do they call them? Coffins. um, (laughs) Yeah, the coffins. Yeah. That's the thing I need. A sensory deprivation tank. That's actually exactly what I was trying to think of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like uh, they had uh, I don't know if they did this in the Netflix one, but I know they did that with the uh, uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil. They had him like he he would sleep in a sensory deprivation tank because otherwise, like all the sound and stuff would get super crazy. That's oh, that's weird, man. I didn't know that. You, oh, man. Did, did you see that that one like way back in the day? Like the movie? Yeah, the Ben Affleck. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know what's weird about movies like that? You know, I think I can remember even going to the theater and watching it. Right. And I, and I remember, you know, you know, I was younger, of course, but like leaving and going, wow, that was cool. And then like any time it was ever on, I was like, eh, no. Right. Like, right. And, and, and I haven't seen it ever since. And like, I know that famously it's like considered not very good yeah and then the electra movie that came after was like famously bad right and so i think that's really been kind of the the acid test right whether or not like a movie is you know something that you really enjoy is did you watch it again mm. right i so well it doesn't necessarily mean the movie's good or bad Right. right. But, right, right. but whether or not it's your jam, because like I I've seen Schindler's List, for instance. Right. Right. Um, but I, I haven't seen it since. But that's not that's not because it's bad. It's not because I yes. didn't recognize it as excellent filmmaking or a very important story to be told or right. deeply emotional. It's for those very reasons. I don't yes. want to. I'd rather watch, you know, Avengers a third time. Right? Heck yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me feel those things. Don't don't make me feel those things. Don't, don't make, make me, me do feel that. feelings. Only I make me feel my feelings. <laughs> Feel feelings. No one makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Oh, Dodgeball's a great movie. Um Yeah, the I think the distinction speaking of good or bad or enjoyable. I like the those two movies were were in the same, you know, two seconds of each other. Schindler's list and dodgeball. Has that 
I feel like that's never happened before ever. Oh my gosh. Well, that is the kind of quality that listeners can expect from Inspiration Point. What kind of quality is that? Between two extremes. Oh, okay. So therefore, right smack dab in the middle. That's how logic works. Yeah, there's like, I'm sure there's some form of math that could back that up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that math would be incorrect math. Neither of us will look that up. Nope, because, well, frankly, I'm an adult and I can do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At least that's what you think will happen when you're a kid. And then you you get there and you realize, (laughs) oh, I have fewer choices. (laughs) So many fewer choices. But the choices you get are really great. And in the famous words of Denny Crane. Yes. You can always choose what you have for lunch oh that's right yeah he does say that that's a good one i love that one it's that so simple but it's so true so long well, as that is true you're an adult and uh yeah and have access to doordash and yeah or um <laughs> disposable income or you or know live in a town that has places to eat <laughs> yeah i you know now that i think about it there are like a you lot you don't really get of, that many choices there are a lot of factors that could bar one from choosing whatever i just fact want to point out they want that, mm. that denny crane was a rich lawyer in that show who lived in massachusetts there were so, not many folks on that show that weren't so yeah he could he literally could choose his lunch every day yes Yes, he could. And you could probably get it from just about anywhere, too. Man, that'd be rad. I think rad. I'd just go hop over to Japan and get me a Kobe beef steak. Mm. You don't have to go that far. You can get that around here. Not real Kobe. Oh, oh, is that right? Not real Kobe? Well, like, as far as, far as I understand, like, legitimate. Because it says Kobe beef on the menu. When I order it, you're, you're, are you telling me that they're lying? Yeah, I guess I am. Um, Dang. <laughs> like, I, from what I heard, there's an actual, like, Kobe region of Japan. Mm. It feels like a, uh, like a scotch or <laughs> champagne sort of deal where it's like. Right. Or it has, like, beef from there. Right. <laughs> beef from there hmm? oh oh but <laughs> like uh as far as i understand like air quotes real kobe beef only real. comes from that place and i've always imagined that like the like when you see it on restaurants out here it's perhaps like beef that's tried to be um i guess like raised in a similar fashion to how they do like air quotes, real Kobe beef. But you know, who knows? Like when I, when I learned about that stuff, it was like 15, 20 years ago. So maybe things have changed since. Well, either way I should, you know, Japan's like one of those places I definitely have been interested in going. Oh yeah. And uh, try it out for sure. I really enjoy good sushi. Right. And mm. heck, I even enjoy moderate sushi. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't know that you're, you're too picky. Although bad sushi, stay away from that. You will regret yeah, I got it. a couple places in the Bay area. I really enjoyed. 
you know, and out here in Arizona, obviously my choices are limited, but there's a couple of okay things. Uh, but I have never been to like Hawaii or Japan where you can get just like absolutely oh crazy good stuff. Um, Hawaii is definitely doable. Have you been to Hawaii? I haven't done that one yet. I feel like every man owes their wife a Hawaii trip. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like it's like on the everyone's bucket list. I feel like it's one of those places, at, at least if you are uh, or I should say, especially if you're one of the people who live nearer to the West Coast. Hawaii is one of those places where it's close enough where you don't necessarily think it's exotic, but it's far enough where if you really think about going on a vacation, you're like, oh, maybe that'd be kind of nice. But it's heck of far because it's a state. And instead, you think about going to like New Zealand and you're on a plane for like oh, literally sure. a day straight. Um, right. Hawaii, you know, you get there from, you know, from, uh, san francisco in what like a couple hours isn't it i don't know man but hey uh i have got something Ooh, i've you know i teach high school and i've got some foreign exchange students on oh, and that's that's been cool and you know i've always had a couple around but i've never had any from france and so i finally Ooh. got a couple from france and i'm so excited because for those of you that don't know i speak a little french as oh, in well. a little bit Quite a bit, actually. <laughs> I might have lived there for a while. Um, I, you know, I don't speak as well as I used to, obviously. But uh, uh, you know, it's been you know over ten years. But right. at the same time, it uh, yeah, I still get by pretty good, and, and stuff is starting to come back. Right oh, as sure. I'm chatting with these with these boys, and I feel like all we ever talk about when we sit around is food, right? Because well, that like we all know France, what it right? was like. We all know what it was like. Sure. And in it was just, look, I love America. Okay. There are many things about the United States that I think are awesome. The food is better over there by a mile. <laughs> it, it just is. And, uh, you know, I, I can remember walking around, you know, the streets and just stopping in at a grocery store and grabbing a tomato for a snack and just eating a tomato like Dang. an apple, you know, it, like imagine doing that with the one around here, you know, well, you know, maybe something that comes right out of your garden. Sure. But like, you know, from a, a big industrial farm, it's going to suck. Sure. So, you know, you're talking to me when I'm out like right next to the Bay area and Santa Cruz and stuff. So really great produce is actually not a problem. I have like, it's That's good. It's, it's like that out here too. I mean, I've, I, I took a trip to, uh, to France uh, about six years ago. And I, I mean, I definitely didn't spend even a fraction as long of a time there as you did. I was there for like, right a handful of days. Right. But the food I had there was good, but I have to say, like, I feel like at least for variety or, um, well, at least for variety, I would say America is freaking tops. Like, 
Mm. And not just with France, but anywhere we went in Europe, I felt like the food selections were much narrower. Like each region had a kind of uh, like a, almost its own well, category. Well, mind you, I mean, if you're on a quick vacation like that, they're going to give you an experience that's going to be like, here's what to expect, right? Right. And, you know, like here's here's us and the, and the flavor of the region. Right. You know, I, I ate at McDonald's at times, right? Sure. <laughs> like it happens, right? Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, what does matter is not the secret ingredient of our food. Ah, aha, I see. I see what you're. I see what you're. But doing. you know what we talk about on the show. Yeah, you know the, the our catchphrase. Yeah, the secret ingredient is all that nerve. <laughs> Indeed, L E R V E L U R V V V E. Oh, I see. No, no, it's more R's. L U. Yeah, yeah. You kind of drag it out a bit. Yeah. Speaking of dragging it out, uh, what is <laughs> our topic for tonight? So I was thinking about that today and something something struck me. I was it, my my brain was feeling a bit in a kind of in a bit of a rut today. Um, not a bad one, just like feeling like I can't quite, uh, you know, latch on to any like really, really interesting ideas. Sounds like you need a vacation to Hawaii. That would be pretty cool. Although we just had our holiday break, so that'd be a tough sell. Um, Yeah, but you know what it is when you got little kids, you didn't take a break. (laughs) You didn't have a vacation. That's that's fair. That's fair. But since last episode... I had spoken about trying to get involved with my players between sessions. Um, right. Sure. To interact differently and stuff. And mm-hmm. when we closed out our curse of Strahd session, um, not just yesterday, but the fall, the previous week, uh, when we ended your character had wanted to go and try to poke around in the house that a few of the other PCs were in elsewhere. So you were the quintessential rogue going off to do rogue things. Yes. Yes. And because of that, we ended the session right when you were about to do that. And over the past couple days, we have been typing back and forth over Discord's text chat. We have a a PM chain going. Yeah. And I've been finding that I've really been enjoying it. And there are there are some things about how I've been doing it that have been a lot of fun um, and that I've kind of noticed about myself and how I feel compared to when I'm running, like, I guess we'll say a live game, you know, on game night using a VTT or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it might be worthwhile to maybe explore 
some of these different things a little bit. Yeah. And, and of course I have some similar experience. Um, I, you know, with, uh, the big homebrew campaign I've run on the opposite weeks, mm-hmm. uh, I've done these email chains with players in the past and I, right. and I haven't done one in a long time, but it, in, in this particular campaign for, for people that don't know about it, uh, what we would do is we would finish off, um, a chapter, like a big major dungeon event, and then we would skip ahead about a season. So about three months typically. And then during that time, the players were expected to do downtime activities, uh, stuff that you might see in the DMG or in Xanathar's or -hmm. anything else that they wanted to figure out. So they could do things like run a business or, you know, uh, do some training or do some research, you know, or just get to know the people of the town, whatever. There are all these things. Well, sometimes we would also do email chains between those chapters to really take care of those things that, you would like to do as sort of a subplot item in a story, but it's difficult to do when you're sitting around with a bunch of people and you're trying to share time. Right. Exactly. And there, there definitely have been some very good and some not so great things about that. Yes. So I think there's lots to talk about. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so like one thing that I've found for myself is that I am, I'm much more comfortable. Like I hadn't really thought about definitely more comfortable. Yeah. Like when you're in game, it's, it's very easy to feel this kind of time pressure. Like you've got someone with a stopwatch behind you. And to me, it makes it difficult to react, um, in more Mm -hmm. thoughtful or considered ways. Where with this, I've been able to look at your response and and really consider what it is you're trying to do and what might come out of the the current situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And how have you felt about my responses? So I, I've almost felt bad in this last week because like I'm doing I, I'm like working. Right. right. And I'm, I'm running and I'm running around and I'm dealing with students and whatever. And then when there's just like a little bit of a lull or we're between periods, I pop open my discord and I eagerly go to look to see if there's any update. And usually there is. And you've written out like these like two or three paragraphs and it's very sort of atmospheric and it's very you know, well described and we, we're not using all the words that we use, like if an and and uh, 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 right. you know, all those things. It's, it, you know, it's pre-written and nice. then I, I don't have time. So I respond with, uh, I, you know, check under the bed and I walk around carefully. Uh, right. And then you're like, great, give me a check. And I go, okay, here. And so, you know, it's a little bit uneven, but it was kind of the same way with my email chains, but from the other end where, because I mean, I think as a GM, that's you, that's often the case, maybe not always, but that's often the case that you're going to be like kind of setting everything up a lot more, but yeah, it's, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I felt a little bit bad that I haven't been able to give as good as I get in this case. Um, I was well aware, like, obviously, I know what you're doing throughout the day. And, you know, I'm doing my own thing, too. And so I I don't 
begrudge you, you know, what you were able to answer with is what you were able to answer with. And that's totally yeah, fine. Absolutely. What, what I was curious about is how you were feeling about what I was sending your way compared to like, you know, when you're hearing narration in game versus how you're experiencing the situation with, I'm, I'll just use your character's name, uh, with Jasper, when you are playing him via these text prompts, has that changed kind of how you imagine him, how you think about him, um, how you just imagine the scene, given that you're only reading this text you right. don't have me speaking in your ear. You're not looking at a VTT. That's all it is. Yeah. So just as you get to edit yourself and give a prepared response, mm-hmm. you know, I get to do the same thing, right? I get right. to really consider my action. So like you had sent me into this situation where there was this room filled with cats and that was all set up last night. Right. And so on most of my drive to work, I'm thinking about how do I deal with this? Right. And I, I never really came up with a great idea, frankly, but I did like, you know, think about it. And I had some time when you're sitting in that live game, you really don't have that kind of time. You have to be considerate of right. other people. So that's not to say it's better because on the other hand, being, you know, having to think critically and, and quickly, these are things that, can also enhance the game oh, and they provide a, a degree of excitement and the idea that you actually come up with some bad ideas can be very entertaining. Oh, sure. Right? Love your ones. Or right? even yeah, love if, your ones, right? Even if it's you <laughs> rolling the natural well, it, one in, in fact, your head. You, you had given me, you, you kind of gave me like a gimme a little bit earlier where you were like, is your character good with animals? Cause I was like trying to deal with these cats mm-hmm. and I was just trying to think like, you know, in terms of characterization, like in terms of strategy, I should say yes. Mm. But in terms of like characterization, it seems more interesting that he's not right. And and so I was just like, you know, he's not. He sucks at this. I rolled a six. Right. And and I literally did roll a six. I've been very honest about these. I definitely got that sense. And I'm just like, well, I rolled a six. And, you know, you just eat it. You you take it because otherwise it's not fun. If you ask me for a check and all I ever give you are like 19s and 18s, right? First of all, it's going to be pretty sus. And second of all, it's not even fun for me. Right. Right. It, in that way. So well, and that's, not to kind of jump on a tangent, I guess it's a separate topic. But yeah, I mean, just to add on to what you're saying, I will also say just real fast before I pass the ball is that I don't feel like you're doing better per se because i think that you do a good job already even Mm. in a live game even if you feel those nerves sure um you're good at setting scene right you're good at setting mood you're thanks you're you're a good sort of director you might say in that way Hmm. and and so i don't feel any more or less maybe slightly less immersed because you also you know put in the music and everything else oh that's true but I am able to sort of illustrate with my imagination in a way that, that the picture maybe sometimes gets in the way a bit. So they're both great in their own way. Nice. Thank you for that, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that you've been enjoying it. And I, I was I've been hoping that um, that you would. 
Uh, well, it's nice being on the other end of that, right? Because I when I was doing all those email things, you know, like yeah, I was getting some good stuff back, but I was also the one you know driving everything, and so it's nice being the one that reacts. Yes, it really is. Mm-hmm. And I I have cool. to say, like, given what I you know what I do from day to day, you know, writing is not something that I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, <laughs> no. So it is nice that it's kind of let me flex that a little bit and, you know, lets me get a little painterly with uh, with my words. Yeah, that's great. And it's been fun to try to adapt to the choices that you've been making with the with the luxury of time and being able to kind of consider those different things. And it's, it's made me even curious about the idea of, you know, doing like a play by post sort of game or something like that. And I mean, that's, that's a whole different beast for a bunch of other reasons. Um, But this has also gotten me a little intrigued about the idea of a, essentially a play by post game, but a single player one, or rather, I guess it'd be a two player where it's a very tightly focused story and it almost would become sort of a choose your own adventure. But the way you always wanted choose your own adventure to be, well, I'm definitely down for that, man. If you want to run that, I will play in that. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, we've we've kind of dabbled with that at various times in the past. I remember there was one time where the, there was like a lull at my job and I just I just text you out of, out of the blue with like no, no warning, no discussion and, yeah. and no context. And I just said, you find yourself in the blah, blah, blah. What do you do? And, you know, you just. You know, we just kind of went with it. We we didn't keep that up very long, but it was it was pretty fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to to do that kind of thing. And uh, I, I totally dig it because, you know, if this medium is a form of of interactive storytelling, it's it's kind of a very on the nose version of that. Right. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're we're literally sitting there and collaborating. And not only that, but we actually have a visual record of everything we've done, you know, and that's really cool. That is nice too. Sometimes it's hard to remember, you know, all these things. And and I've had a great email chain going on with spike for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit it's been a while since my last response, but you know, um, during one particular chapter, we had like 65 pages of content that was, oh my that God. was just like, just us responding to each other. That's almost it was as some long of the, as one of the backstories I gave you in college. Almost as long, almost <laughs> as long. I mean, I was awarding XP, so it was, you know, I, I asked for it. Oh, you say you're paying by the page, sir. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, but it was one of the most um, deep role-playing experience I had had because I do... Sometimes I'm able to really let myself emotionally go during these games, but sometimes it's very difficult. Yeah. And I found it much easier for me to kind of go somewhere more artfully, 
more emotionally, more sincerely, without maybe sort of retreating to a joke mm. when I was doing those those emails back and forth. Yeah, I should really start doing them again. Um, so I see a great deal of value, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't like to be as emotionally vulnerable, mm. who who puts up walls as a reflex. Interesting. Like, you know, I talk about the value of being emotionally vulnerable in these games, and I do find the, it emotional and I find moments where I can let go. I know people that can just be that way. Yeah. When they play this game. Tiana and they can just turn it on that way. She she's very good at that. She's very good at at giving it a hundred percent, which makes sense because she's a voice actress, right? Correct. Um I I would love to be a voice actor, but I I fear this would be one place where where I would maybe struggle a little bit mm. and really letting go. Maybe with lines it'd be better. But, you know, certainly getting there in an improvisational way, it's difficult. It's yeah. hard for me. Well, and I, I think most people would agree. I mean, that's especially being able to do things like like cry on a whim or something like that. You know, you got to have the right table for that. Right. Because some people are just there for the nachos. And, you know, when when someone breaks down, I mean, that can be that can be very uncomfortable for them. And right. if that person who gives that emotion feels like they've put everyone else out, that's way worse for them. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Then they feel terrible. You definitely got to know your audience here. And if you're, if your group is kind of mixed on that way, that could be, that could be troublesome. Yeah. Be troublesome. But I mean, speaking of which our, our, our session last night was very weird and it had some big tonal shifts. I was meaning to ask you about that as well to yeah. see what you thought of it. So, I mean, we can, we could switch over to that. Oh, uh, we could, we could, um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll dive back in. You know, we, we like to do our little sidetracks. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, just talking about tone and, and controlling it a little bit there, I was running this dungeon where there's a, basically a lot of wacky, weird, bizarre things happening mm -hmm. and and some of it is is basically just comedy but th the players are essentially in this ancient vault that holds not only tons of treasure but things that are meant to be hidden away for a long 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 time maybe forever mm -hmm. things that are extremely difficult to destroy um and have to be imprisoned right right and Yet it, th this prison is controlled by this God or was until the God is been destroyed. So now all of those loose ends have to be dealt with. And mm. so it is literally in, in terms of the dungeon, it is very risky there. It's very generous in terms of reward mm -hmm. and, and, but it is, it can be very brutal. So we went from having kind of a silly, confusing, section of the game to having a very deep philosophical argument about the nature of what a deity is and what, mm. you know, the nature of like free will and it versus determinism and, you know, the big ontological questions. Yeah. There, there were definitely some discordant moments, 
you know, for, for better or worse. For better or worse. I think that's a good way to put it. And, and then we ended the night on a big, long, difficult fight. Yeah. Um, that, uh, (laughs) things are not looking great for, for our heroes. Well, you know, uh, when we, when last we left off and, uh, let me just tell you for all the GMs out there, if you're having trouble challenging your players, try stinking cloud. Oh God. (laughs) and put them in tight corridors and uh uh yeah yeah that, that should do it it sure does you know you know you spend <laughs> that fight one. just yakking your guts all over I the felt floor. bad for you to be honest no. i felt bad for you because you you spent like the whole session basically not doing anything except barfing <laughs> you know it's okay you though. were a good sport you were a good sport and i i gotta commend you for that i gotta Thanks. give you kudos I, you know, I appreciate it though. Like it's how the dice went and it's how the dice went. I'm sitting over here, you know, I bust out a piece of paper. I'm doodling a little bit. I'm listening to what else is going on. And just cause it's not my character doesn't mean that I don't care what's, what's happening, yeah, what's happening. So I can still enjoy what everyone else is doing. And Hey, you know, if it would it be a bummer if my character didn't make it sure do i think that's how it's gonna go eh, not really there is a really dirty trick you guys could pull to get out of this ah jeez. that's the only hint i'm gonna give you i guarantee you i am not gonna think about that at all <laughs> okay <laughs> i it just you know it is it is what it is and if you look at everything you guys have collected and all the information you have and you know in this place, you could get an ace up your sleeve hmm. without me, without me pulling uh, deuce ex machina. Uh huh. All right. All right. Which I, which I refuse to do, which I refuse to do. I'll think um, about it. I'll think about it. I hate that stuff. So. Yeah, something, something, something to waggle around in the old noodle, if that's a term. I probably not. <laughs> I will say is now though that it was it was indicative. If I can do a self criticism, it was a bit indicative of the trouble I have. Uh, you know, maintaining an emotional tenor. Mm. It was it was much easier in the Friday game for some reason really maintain that and in this game it was harder i think maybe it just has something to do with the the visuals i was looking at or whatever i don't know but i feel much more like i'm writing like a story in the friday patron game Mm -hmm. that i'm in like full control of interesting versus like what we're doing on monday where i really I have only really loose notes of possibility where things lead. Gotcha. And I'm really trying to let things be very dynamic. So I don't know. I don't know. But I will, you know, to go back to what you were saying earlier, if you are having trouble with this kind of thing, then chains are a good way to deal with it. And doing some writing is a good way to deal with it. Yeah. Um, of course, we all wish we had time to write a lot of these lines and these scenes and these descriptions down beforehand. Sure. But we don't always have that kind of time. Right. I, I can always tell that you're thrilled 
when you get to read one of the entries provided to you by the curse of Strahd book. Oh, because sure. it, it's very atmospheric. It's very descriptive. It's very Andrew. Mm. And, and you get to like just read text and that's like stress-free. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I hadn't <laughs> really considered it that way, but yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, it's plus I, especially with doing this podcast and, um, you know, messing around over on Dragna Carta's Patreon too, cause I've done some goofy things over there, you know, I'm starting to feel more comfortable in the idea of doing voice work and that sort of stuff. And it's fun to just take some written text and to try to read it dramatically or to, you know, present it in a way that engages the listener. And it's fun to try to do that with you guys. And I think that that kind of plays into, you know, what I was saying earlier about the kind of comfort that there can be in writing these things because it's like another side to that coin where you have this kind of nicely honed chunk of text that can say exactly what you mean to say. And you rarely, you know, at least if you, you know, give yourself a little reread and stuff, you can keep yourself from misspeaking you can really like sell what you're trying to put across. And I think the, maybe it's the level of polish that gets me. Well, yeah. I mean, you get a lot more polish. I mean, heck you can have grammar sitting there helping you, you know, that's true. That's true. Those things are all very helpful. I often, when I'm improving these scenes and I'm feeling a little bit nervous, mm. I'll use the wrong word and I'll realize I'm using the wrong word. Like that's, it sounds like the right word, but that's the wrong one. Yeah. And, but I've said it now and it's gone or I say something contradictory or, Mm -hmm. or I didn't give a piece of information that was very important and you needed to know, uh, even the scenario that you guys had yesterday, that was a bit of a puzzle. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I just presented it incorrectly. Really? And yeah, there was just. I should have rehearsed it in my mind a little bit more. I should have written it out more exactly. Was it the one with the drones? Yeah, with the drones where you were trying to figure out who should do what labor. Yeah. And I felt like everybody was maybe a little wonky. Everybody was like kind of beating their head against the wall. And and once you guys got to an answer that I thought was good enough, I was just like, fine. Mm -hmm. That's great. Let's you guys are geniuses. Let's let's move on. (laughs) You know, uh, but it was like I didn't set up the problem. I didn't set up the parameters correctly. Mm -hmm. And like this morning when I was like going to take a shower, I was like, oh, yeah, I should have said this. Really? (laughs) You know, and it would have taken half the time. Oh, man. That's just the way it goes, you know, and part of my challenge is that I run a lot of games these days Yeah, and, and I play in a couple and man, I just can't remember this stuff. Yeah. You know, I really, I always tell myself this after every session, sit down and write down the notes from your session, right. And take better notes during the session. Mm -hmm. And I don't do it. (laughs) And then 
And when a lot of times we finish and it's late, I got to go straight to bed. I got work the next day or whatever. You know, Friday night games, I tend to do better. Yep. Because now I'm relaxed. I'm not feeling stressed out. I don't have to wake up early. You know, I can do a little bit more writing down. Yeah. Other than that, you know, it's just I sit down with the next group and I go, what did you guys do last week? And I go, would anyone like to give the recap? <laughs> right. Right. Because I'm asking <laughs> what happened. <laughs> gotcha. OK. I'm like, ah, yes. Very good. I'll remember that next time I hear you say that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and with like stuff like the patron game, you know, where I'm like really trying to do my my absolute a game. Yeah. You know, because people are paying you know oh sure so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little bit more but uh otherwise you know there's definitely a lot more of that let's say the the sly flourish school of hey i'm having fun too and i'm trying not to burn out yeah well and it's important right i mean it's important to have all those sides you you can have the thing that you're trying to make your opus right and then you gotta have you know, uh, your, your Disney plus streaming show. Yep. <laughs> like, like it's fun. It's good. It's great. You can have your Schindler's list, but you also need your dodgeball. <laughs> you also, exactly. Exactly. That, exactly. See, could, that's the perfect way to put it. You guys, not thought that I would compare anything I did to Schindler's list, but we still. were just rambling, saying a bunch of stuff stupid nonsensical stuff that's never gonna get worked in well you're wrong schindler's list and dodgeball they both have a place in this world is that gonna be the name of the episode schindler's list and dodgeball that's actually like a really good episode name doesn't tell you jack about the episode content except for those two really doesn't it It really doesn't it does give you those People are like, wow, what is going on with this show? You know, I'm wondering that, but it's uh, it's 2022. And uh, you know what that means? We're all going a little crazy. Yep, sure is. <laughs> I I went over to Chipotle for dinner tonight and saw that uh, they are now doing digital ordering only. Like they're not even letting people come in to order mask or not. Oh, yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, this is. This is happening. Okay. Yeah. Over here in in Arizona, you can just cough directly into someone's face. It's fine. Wow. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm just being hyperbolic, but at the same time, like, let's just say it's very fast and loose over here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing a bunch of random Arizonian people walking up to just each other and coughing just coughing each into face. each other's mouths just directly like all right say ah <laughs> gross <laughs> i mean I, you definitely see a, a smattering of people wearing masks here and there it's just it's, but it still isn't the same as it used to be like people are a little bit more distanced out they're a little bit more standoffish um you know and some stuff isn't being run exactly the same way mm. and it I'm not going to comment about what's better or whatever, but I am going to say that, you know, it's, it is different. And I I think as a result, we're all getting a little different. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. We're all (laughs) like, uh, did you ever see, um, Muppet treasure Island? 
Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's great. You remember the the Cabin Fever song? Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> We've all got cabin fever. That's right. Yeah. We're all going mad. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that. That's what we're living in now. <laughs> that is basically what we're living. That's in. a great freaking movie. Billy yeah. Balls. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> with billy connolly billy connolly man that guy oh my gosh he's wow if his stand-up is so good god this is oh, the most great. random episode like i was like you know this discord thing that we had going this was really cool you know and i think we could really talk about that and here we're like just completely <laughs> <laughs> just just off the chain off. well i think we covered it we kind of said it right yeah so you know now we're just riffing that's true um, and i i'll riff all night <laughs> um so let's see okay so maybe maybe other advantages and disadvantages of these chains oh we didn't talk about that much about disadvantages so i i will say this there is uh, let me give a warning let's say Okay, and this was an insight that one of our other players had, and he shared it with me. And, and when he first said it, I thought, that's stupid. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I think he actually has a point. And it was that when I was doing the separate email chains with everyone at the same time, excuse me, with everyone at the same time, nobody knew what was happening mm, to the other people. Yes, that's true. Right, you know what I'm talking about now? Yep. Yeah, and because of that, we all came in feeling like we we had a different version of the story. Well, and there was we some difficult because we did essentially, mm-hmm. and we didn't know what the other people had gone through, and we and so maybe there's just a way to amend that where you know you have stuff coming together in pairs or something and you slowly reintroduce everybody sure maybe you just tell them to tell each other what happened i don't know or try different things you just right? make the make the chains visible to everyone else but that's another way to go but of course that's a lot of reading and that's yeah, a lot of that's true ccing and you know, for the way that we were doing it, where, you know, all five players were getting, you know, all this text back. And yeah. Some of you were, were more engaged than others. Sure. Um, you know, I actually appreciated the the couple of players that were just giving me the minimum because I was like, good, these are short. I can get these out of the way. <laughs> right. And then, and then it's like, okay, time to handle Andrew. Oh, <laughs> and, man. And you know, Spike was worse. <laughs> oh yeah way worse way worse um, got him <laughs> yeah definitely but i mean you guys definitely had lots to say um, well and that was no surprise to you and and that was good you know we were able to really get somewhere with you guys and another one of the one of the players that was was in there um chris who's been on the show a few times was also part of that and while we didn't exchange as much back and forth, what we did tended to be very, very impactful oh, yeah. and, and important to the story. So one benefit was we got to get everybody's kind of solo mission out of the way where they could kind of feel like they could have their protagonist moment. Sure. And, and uh, really have their piece of that puzzle. And then when everyone came back together, it was really like a comic book arc. Like if you read... 
major story arcs in comics, like let's say Marvel Civil War. Yep. Again, the comic, not the not the film. Yep. You know, what the way they do it, and it's really part of the business model, is the entire event crosses over like ten different issues of comics. And then if you were to read the story in order, you would have to buy Oh, you got to get Ghost Rider number three, and then you have to get, you know, Punisher number 26, and you have to get Avengers, you know, whatever. Yeah. And and, th- and then get them that way. Or you just wait till it's all done, and then order it as an event or a graphic novel. Right. Right. And that's the other way you can kind of hit it. And and this was very similar because each of you was having your solo title, and then we were, and then the session was like the crossover title. Yeah, that's a good way. And that to was put really it. cool, but it also that emotional investment that everybody was getting as a result ended up becoming a source of great conflict. Yeah, because people weren't on the same page with what the other person was doing. And they were so emotionally wrapped up and invested in what was happening to them that they were basically insisting that it was the most important. And And to them it was whether or not they meant to, but I, you know, and it was partially my fault because I wanted everyone to feel like they were the most important because in the email, you should be the most important. Right. But then I just, I think some information was assumed that other people knew that not everybody knew. Oh, sure. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So there was a lack of communication there that ended up causing some social strife. Well, and that's the, the lack of communication between players really, you know, it's endemic to the exercise itself. Like you, cannot divorce the exercise from that issue really you know unless you fundamentally alter the exercise itself like you either are talking to people separately or you are not that's it you know it might be smaller groups but either someone's an individual having an individual thing or it's a group or it's you know right I think like most things, there's a time and a place, right? Like for, for this instance, uh, with yeah, curse it's of a Strahd, good it's, it's you. And I've got a little thing going with Chris because he's separated from the group too. And yes, the, yes. the other two who are, inside the house that you're trying to take an alternate path into they played out their bit together as a group and that's how we ended the session so their stuff is already complete and your stuff is more filling in the gaps of a kind of a meanwhile you know on the other side of the house this would be impractical for in-game correct right unless everybody was simultaneously doing like let's say their section of an infiltration and you could literally still roll initiative and go one at a time right but this is still probably like a better option yeah because yeah real goes off on his own you have a week that's a good opportunity to say okay let's let's do that as long as that's you know within your time frame sure 
like in real life, you know, of course. Yeah. A couple of uh, things I would say, mm-hmm. you know, as someone that, that's done this a little bit, and I guess this is mostly for the listeners, which would be, you know, number one, don't make this like an endless cereal you can always add to. Mm. Like have a have a definitive endpoint that you can get to fairly quickly. Because this is a thing that's pretty easy to like have get out of hand. Yeah. And start you can start burning out. Uh the other thing I would say is with every chain going back and forth, like you don't necessarily know how long it's going to take as the GM. You always want to try to move the plot forward. If the player tells you something and you're, and you want some clarification, still see if like, instead of just popping back with, well, here's, here's what the situation actually calls for. And, you know, try again, like just just, you know, help it go. Right. Because it's it's going to be cumbersome and irritating. Sure. If it doesn't like finish or it doesn't move to that next step, just to just assume the best that the play like assume your player is not an idiot and then like kind of just take it to the next step. And that kind of goes into the third thing I'd say. And then I'll pause for a response, Sure, which is try to avoid baby steps where it's going to take a thousand replies to get through, right? You know, take some strides, then pause, take a stride, then pause. Right. Right. But don't inch worm your way forward because that person might not respond for two hours. Right. Right. So those are the three things I'd say that have been observations for me on both sides of that. Yeah. Your thoughts. And those are, those are really good recommendations. I mean, yeah, I certainly wouldn't, disagree with any of them i think as far as the responding goes just to i guess piggyback on your advice i would also say to just kind of try to predict a little bit yeah and think like okay maybe i don't like with jasper yeah I know that he's in this certain situation and I have a feeling that he's going to try to do something like with the uh, with the cats in the room. He's not necessarily in that action now, but I feel like it's probably going to come sooner or later. So I ask, hey, throw me an animal handling check just in case. So then should that sort of idea come up when you, Adam, respond to me, then I can just look at that check result if I need it and just automatically resolve whatever situation it is that would require that on my end. And it lets me send you a more significant response that can move things forward because that right. that's where those baby steps are are going to happen is when you're like well I can't move it forward unless I know blank right or if it's this like super important plot moment oh sure sure right where and there's dire consequences like also I probably wouldn't normally kill a player during a <laughs> during a thing like Ooh, this that'd be I don't know something. never Never say never, but at the same time, it's like uh, 
I probably wouldn't say, oh, yeah, guys, before next session, so-and-so died during an email chain. Ooh. I don't know. On the other hand, it would give the player time to reroll, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, and I think it's just not as dramatic for everybody, you know. There's also something to be said for the intrigue of isolation. And, you know, it works great when there are things that certain players are supposed to know and have experienced that differ from other folks. It makes playing against knowledge and metagaming much more difficult. Because Hmm. right now I have Jasper off doing his own thing and the players aren't also on discord. The other players like listening to what you're doing in the other room. And then they have to just pretend that they didn't hear you say all that stuff. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Cause a lot of them would be like, Hey, can I hear that? Did I hear that? Right. Can I run in? Can I do that? Can I, can I cast a spell really quick? Right. How long has he been gone? Right. And then that all like creates. Right. Exactly. You know, and, uh, speed bumps and, and that kind of thing. And and because they're also eager to engage and they're not being engaged. Right. 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 Exactly. So. So in this current situation, Jasper's off trying to figure out these things. And what's cool about that is that lets you come back from whatever it is you're doing and you will have interesting information that you can then convey to the party through cool role play situations oh and that, that brings up another good point it's always kind of weird when you like let's say a player makes a knowledge check Mm -hmm. and then you spend like a good minute explaining to the player what they got especially if their check is very very good yeah right like you say like okay roll history and they're like 25 you're like well let me tell you <laughs> you right? know all the things and then the other players ask do, do you convey that information this is this is a weird moment because then player the player can either a take time to role play but then essentially be completely redundant yep because you they literally just heard it and now they're going to hear the same information again or they go, I convey the information. And then narratively, we're taken out of it. Right. <laughs> it's you know what I'm saying? such an anti-climax. It's kind of a sucky moment. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the best way to handle that is to very quickly and briefly deliver the same information. Like, okay, what's the two sentence? What's the one sentence version of that? But, you know, if it's still, even in that case, it's still a little bit awkward. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a tough thing to do, I think, honestly. And then if the player doesn't share all the information, then everyone's like, that's pretty sus. Right. (laughs) You know, I think a cool way to handle that might be establishing in session zero or outside of the game. Okay, the default rule is going to be that if information is provided via a like publicly knowledge check you know that sort of thing if you don't intend to share that information it is your responsibility to tell the gm or to make that known so 
you make the sharing of the information the default. And if somebody wants to be cagey about it or keep things to themselves or what have you, they can. So then you say, and I don't share this information. Right. As opposed to saying, yes, then I share the information. But I don't, I don't know if that's helpful or it is much, but it could be. I don't know. Because you still have the that same phrase of like, oh, I do it. I don't do it. Like either way. Well, and so I don't know. It is it is a little tricky. It's not the only example of that sort of thing right. either. You know, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, share. I think by default, I think I do agree to the extent that by default, maybe we should just expect the information is shared. Yeah. I mean, typically you're an adventuring party who are trying to succeed together and knowledge is power. And typically you probably would want to tell your friends this sort of thing, unless it's like sensitive information that could hurt them or whatever. And in that case, you and your GM are probably going to talk about that anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. There could be special circumstances, but like, okay, how about this? Like if I'm the GM and I'm giving player information, and I know everyone's listening, then I should only say the things that everyone should know. Yes. Right. Or that I think that the player would want them to know. And then the rest can be whispered or whatever. Whispered. And the player themselves. All kinds of stuff. And then they can decide whether or not they want to share from there. Right. Also be careful with this, though. I have been in games before. Uh, Nothing that you've done, really. But like other GMs where they take you into the other room and then you sit there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh. know? That I don't think a session is a good time to do that. And li- unless you literally tell everybody else, Hey, go get food or something. Mm. Um, but don't make your players wait for that. I would say, well, I think the idea of taking someone aside into another room is, like grab you by the cheek whiskers intriguing like ooh what's going on there oh i see what you're saying yeah it just, yeah it is a little exciting it grabs your attention yeah i i had a gm once once uh, pull me aside for like 15 solid minutes and i was like i was very aware yeah of the time that is being spent far too much like pull someone aside way, but Way it's for much. like a minute, maybe two. If everybody else was out getting the pizza, I'd be like, that's beautiful. That's actually smart, right? Right. Send everyone to go get the pizza. We stay here. We have the talk. Or the GM and you go get the pizza and you talk about what's happening in the car. Ah, you know, that's a good idea, too. That's it. There, there you go. So, OK, we didn't really plan on that being a topic. But, you know, there's some a little bit of advice about, you know, how to deal with the shared knowledge that we just kind of figured out together, I guess. And, you know, that's what happens when an inspiration point strikes. That is indeed. And I think the main takeaway here is whatever it is you're dealing with, you should probably try to involve pizza. I mean, is that something that we really need to say? You're right. You're right. It, it That was very on the nose. That was very obvious. At what point, you know, are these people supposed to just, you know, it, it, be adults? Y'all even I have an important question for you. What kind of pizza do you like? What's your favorite pizza? My favorite pizza like crust build size sauce. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
All of it. My favorite pizza is a large, thin crust cheese, mm. sausage, and mushroom pizza from Wells Brothers in, I want to say, uptown Racine, Wisconsin. Mm. You're talking tavern style thin crust, cornmeal on the bottom, wafer thin, crunchy, oh, I see. but light, airy crust. Like, I've never had another pizza like that. Nobody doesn't like Wells Brothers. And they, little family-owned joint in the town I grew up in, and they've, like, they've won nationwide competitions for uh, for pizza. And, oh, best thin crust I ever have. I love good thin crust pizza. And it's, I mean, I don't know about where other folks are are maybe east coast has this a little more but out here in california it's been shockingly difficult to find really good thin crust pizza like nobody does it okay so the follow-up question Mm -hmm. how do you eat it do you keep it pretty flat you kind of fold it in half oh they serve this where they cut it like a checkerboard or a grid where it's small right squares, so squares. Mm-hmm. right 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 yeah. so you're just you know it's like finger food kind of well i guess all pizzas sort of finger food unless you're talking like what chicago style deep dish where you need a freaking fork that's not even a pizza no, at that point uh, you it's know it's a savory cake my, uh, <laughs> oh, my, <laughs> my wife gross. and i went we went to chicago oh i remember for like a second for like a second honeymoon that was way back yeah that was way back it was a few years ago you hit like the weber restaurant didn't you uh we went to the graham elliott bistro Ooh. uh that that was uh, that was uh i've never i've never shed tears during a meal before really um, until that moment wow oh my gosh that and that's one of those like hundred dollars a plate kind of thing oh sure you know you, you do the full tasting menu and like nowadays I'd be impressed, but it wouldn't be the same. Right. But like I had never had anything like that before. I remember that was one of your like, oh, my first, gosh, like real fine dining experiences. It's it, special, it man. It's really special. It was. It was really like if, if you haven't ever done fine dining and you can possibly muster it. I mean, it's a lot of money, but I highly, highly recommend the experience at least once. Oh, it's incredible. Um, it's it, it is incredible. I just I absolutely loved it. But anyway, we <laughs> on one of the less wonderful days, <laughs> we went to <laughs> one of those classic Chicago restaurants. And look, if you like Chicago pizza, like, good for you, man. That's cool. But uh, not for me. It's so much not for bread. me. They brought it out and I was like, OK, I'll, I'll give it my best. I didn't even like the way it tasted. I, I was just I was oh, that's unhappy unfortunate. from top to bottom. And we had eaten at plenty of wonderful places. This place was highly recommended. Wow. I guess it just wasn't for me. I guess it just wasn't for me. Weird. Best pizza I've ever had was in France. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I like a thinner crust as well. Mm. Not cracker thin. Uh, definitely. It's got to have some bend to it. Mm. You like folding pizza like Brooklyn style? Oh, I do like I, I do fold. I'm a folder, right? A trapper keeper, um, you know, if you will. And I, a trapper keeper, you might say. 
So if your pizza makes that sound, you may not want to eat it. That, wow. What would it take for a pizza to make a Velcro sound? <laughs> that reminds me of that SNL skit, uh, Almost Pizza. What? I don't, I don't remember this? that. That's like back when like Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig were on the show. Okay. Right. And you know how they do the commercials? every now and then yeah like a like a fake pizza rolls commercial and yeah it was basically like a instant pizza pizza rolls things and the wife kept saying it's not pizza it's almost pizza it's almost right pizza. and that was <laughs> it was like the catchphrase and and the husband got like increasingly like concerned and upset about it <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and like, what do you mean it's the, almost pizza someone drops a piece and it shatters like glass <laughs> and then there's like another part where a piece of it like crawls away on its own so i i, I would recommend it I, I would recommend it it's great. i'm going to go find that now but yeah uh, in france was the first time i had ever had goat cheese on a pizza Ooh, my wife loves goat cheese yeah, amazing. Leroy likes amazing. some goat cheese too. I remember that. Well, he, because that—that's because he's a man of taste. Mm, he is, and right? you know what else his tastes brought him to? Inspiration. Inspiration point, point baby. <laughs> and I think that given that it is, uh, we're at an hour yep. fifteen. Yep. We are going to do a couple little shout outs as per usual. We want love it. Let's do to it. throw out our sincerest gratitude to our pals who supported us over on Patreon. And those pals are as follows. Kate Prostaskius, the aforementioned Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Logan, and the one and only Punch and Potato. You guys... And, and, and we just got a new one. Jen Solo. Oh, yes. that's right. Time to add someone to the list. You can hear me typing it right now. I should have done that before. But you know what? We are a work in progress. So uh, we grow <laughs> every day. Let it not be said that uh, this semi-old dog can't learn new tricks. Um, so... If you want to be like our brand spanking new patron, Jen, or any of the other fine folks that you have just heard about, like uh, Leroy and his very exquisite taste, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and hit us up at the one, five or $20 tiers and get access to our private, awesome an extremely well curated discord community. And if you're backing at the $20 level, you will get to play with Mr. Adam power here in actual games. And they're yes. super duper fun. And, uh, and sometimes weird, it, it <laughs> maybe often weird. Um, <laughs> or at least if I have anything to say about it, yeah. um, because, we know our roles. Ah, roles. There we go. Wrap it up. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> roles. So, <laughs> if you want to hit us up over on our website, 
go on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com and at the website, you will find three little bubbles in the upper right-hand corner if you're on desktop or in the upper center if you're on mobile, and those can take you to our Facebook, Twitter, and also our Patreon. So if that's easier for you, check out the website. And that is about it. You know, I know this turned into a bit of a grab bag as far as topics go, and we hit on a bunch of different things, some of which were inane and silly and others are extremely salient and useful. Um, You decide which. So give all those some thought. Try doing some out of game things. Do a little back and forth with some of your individual players. Let the rogue explore on their own time instead of you know, I suppose this would be on brand for a rogue, but stealing everyone else's time. Think outside the box because uh, just because what's in the box is good doesn't mean there's nothing good outside it, you know? So uh, go outside. (laughs) And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, everybody.